Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. All right, we're going to turn in our Bibles this morning, and if you're following along with me in your Bible, I do want to make you aware that I am reading from the New Living Translation today for clarity's sake, Uh, and it is Isaiah chapter 46. I'll put these um, verses up on the screen for your convenience. Isaiah 46, I'm reading verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, Bel and Nebo, the gods of Babylon. Can you imagine serving a god named Bel or one named Nebo? Who's your God, Nebo? Whatever. My God is Jesus. That's a good name right there. Bel and Nebo, the gods of Babylon, bow as they are lowered to the ground. They are being hauled away on ox carts. The poor beasts stagger under the weight. Both the idols and their owners are bowed down. Imagine that. We should bow down to God, but could you imagine if your God also had to bow down? Aren't you glad Jesus has to bow to nobody because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? The gods cannot protect the people. The gods of this world cannot protect the people. And the people cannot protect the gods. They go off into captivity together. Verse 3 says, Listen to me, descendants of Jacob. All you who remain in Israel, I have cared for you since you were born. Since you were born. You and I think that means uh, coming forth into this life. I believe a child is born when he's conceived. Born. Amen? If you don't believe me, listen to what the Bible goes on to say here. I carried you before you were born. And I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I'm so glad about that. (laughs) Praise God. What color would your hair be, Alex, if you had any? White? What color would your hair be? He was was laughing at what I said before. (laughs) I'm not far away from you either. I'm thinking about doing it. Praise God. Where was I? Boy, this, is going, this sermon is going south fast, isn't it? I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? That's awesome, isn't it? I missed a part that I wanted to expound upon. That was in verse number three. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. God knew you in the womb, my friend. He knew us from the moment we were conceived. Aren't you glad about that? And that's why we are not for free will abortion. Now, let me just say this real quick, because it is quite likely that sooner or later, someone's going to come to church that has had an abortion, or perhaps possibly even here today, who has had an abortion. 
Let me just tell you this, okay? Jesus Christ can forgive any sin. Amen? You do not have to carry guilt and shame around because Jesus Christ can forgive that. And you can take comfort in two things. Number one, that Jesus Christ can and will forgive you. Number two, you've got a baby waiting for you when you get to glory. The first lady and I, they weren't abortions, but they were, they were natural abortions, two miscarriages she had before Jameson was born. And we look forward to the day when we get to heaven and we meet two children that we brought into, into existence that never had a chance to live this life. I believe that with all my heart because the Bible said he knew us while we were, before we were born, he knew us. Amen. So let's love the Lord. Let's serve the Lord. And let's praise the Lord. I'm going to preach to you this morning from these verses of Scripture. Who is his equal? Who is his equal? Can you say amen? Let's clap our hands one more time. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you. And we give you glory. So who is his equal? Let me just start this morning by telling you this. There are many people who think they are his equal. Many people, in fact, many people think they are above him. And I say that because many people think they can tell God what to do. Many people think they can do what they want in their life and no concern of what God thinks or what he thinks is right or wrong. Many people think they can do whatever they want, and so they think they are at least his equal or possibly greater than his equal. But let me begin this morning by saying this. He is God. He is God alone. And beside him, there is no God. And if you don't believe me, listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 35. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other beside him. Deuteronomy 4, 39. Know therefore today and lay it, lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. Isaiah 45, 5. I am the Lord. There is no other. Beside me there is no God. Deuteronomy 32, 39. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God beside me. Isaiah 44. Six, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, I am the last. Beside me there is no God. Isaiah 44, 24, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. He is God alone. Is that enough scriptures for you, or do you need me to read the more than 100 others that say the same thing? Are we good? And I'm not joking. There's over 100 scriptures where God declares, I, I, I did it by myself. I'm alone. There's no God beside me. I don't know any. So if you know one, you know, you know something God doesn't. He doesn't know any God beside him. Praise God. And so it makes all the difference, because he alone is God, how we see, shall we say, religion, religion in our world, how we see it. We need to understand something about our religious beliefs. Some people, everybody's religious about something. I want to be religious about serving God. Amen? Some people are religious, and there's nothing wrong with being religious about all these other things. 
I, maybe I'm not as religious as my good friend Ray at, at, work, at, at exercise and, and, and physical fitness, but I'm pretty religious at it, wouldn't you say? I'm there, I'm there most of the time. <laughs> and when I'm there, I put some effort into it. There's nothing wrong with being religious to other things, but my friend, don't let any one thing that you are religious to be more religious than you are to Jesus Christ. Serve Him first and foremost. Put Him first in everything you do. Praise God, because it makes all the difference in the world how we see it, because we are either carried by, we are either carrying our religion or our religion is carrying us. And I don't know about you, but I need somebody to carry me through some tough and difficult places. Now, there are many idols. There are many false gods in our world today. In fact, let me put it this way. Anything... Anything that is the most important thing to you is your God. That can be staggering, huh? Because there are many things, I shouldn't say there are many things, there can be many things that we put before prayer, that we put before church attendance. And all those things are scriptural. All those, the Bible tells us to do all of those, those things. Not forsake the assembling of yourself. Pray, pray without ceasing, fasting, all of these things. We need to be religious about them to draw us closer to God. But anything that is the most important thing to you in your life is your religion. And it can even be kids or grandkids. And if anybody knows me and mama, you know how much we love our grandchildren. Oh, do we love our grandchildren. But not more than we love Jesus. God forbid one of our grandchildren do something wrong and head down a wrong road. I will not be going with them. I'm going to have to say, I'll watch you from a distance. I cannot go there with you because I must serve him first. Jesus has got to be first in everything we do. Yes. <clears throat> Praise God. And so there are many, many idols and many, many false gods, not just, what's their names here? Uh, Bell and Nebo. They're not, they're not the only false gods running around. Can you say amen? We need to make sure Jesus Christ is first and foremost in every single thing we do because there is only one God that can carry you through your hardships, through your trials, and through this world. Only one can carry you. The rest you have to carry. Did you hear me? The rest of these gods you have to carry because when it comes right down to it, they cannot get you through your difficult places, your hard times, your deep depressions, your hardships, your struggles, your trials in life. These other gods must be carried, but Jesus is the one that will carry you. And when the storms of life are blowing, he can carry you above it all. That's why I serve him. Praise God. And I came across this verse in my scripture reading, I think just this past week is when it happened. And, um, and when I did, I made some notations in my Bible because it, it just jumped out at me. And this is the verse that jumped out at me. And you, I, I, you'll understand why when I read it. Uh, I will be your God throughout your lifetime. I'm 65 years old. 
I might be younger than some, but I'm older and I look around here, I see I'm probably older than everybody. Oh, Denise, God bless you. I think she's a, got a couple years on me. Oh, and Vicki. Let's, let's. <laughs> Anybody else older than me, please? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding because we are all ageless. Oh, my, my wife, she's older than me. She robbed the cradle, they say. You'd never know it by watching us, though. Praise God. She's the youthful one. Where was I? I came across this Bible verse in my daily Bible. Incidentally, you need to read your Bibles every day. It needs to be a daily practice to read your Bible. Yeah, but I read the Bible. Sometimes I don't get anything out of it. You know, I've, t I've told people this so many times. I've had people actually come to me and they say, I don't know what to do because when I read the Bible, I just don't understand what I'm reading half the time. I just don't get it. And you know what? I, I tell the same thing all the time. This is what I'll tell you. If you ever have that problem, you're reading your Bible. It doesn't make a lick of sense to you. You don't get it. And you ask yourself, why am I bothering? Because I'm not getting anything out of it. You don't know what you're getting out of it. And here's what I tell them. I said, do you eat, when you, when you sit down to eat, do you eat just cake and cookies because they taste good? No, you know better than that. You might have one here or there. But you, what do you eat? Vegetables and fruits, right? Let me ask you something. How many of you know the chemical structure of an apple? How many of you understand all of the grains and stuff that's in beans? How many of you understand all the, all the chemistry behind all these food items? You don't. You have no clue what it, what it, what it does. But you know eating beans is good for you, so you eat them. And you may not even like the taste of broccoli, but you eat it because it's good for you. How do you know it's good for you? Well, because it's got vitamin K and what vitamin K does when it goes in the system. Vitamin K, I don't know what, I don't even know if it's got like vitamin K in it. I'm saying all that to say this, read it anyway. Just because it's not making sense all the time to your brain, it is feeding the spiritual man inside of you without your understanding. Read it. Study it. Read it again. Every day, fill your spirit with the Word of God and with some time in prayer. Go ahead and clap your hands. <laughs> Praise God. But once in a while, this happens. And I'm reading along, not understanding everything. I'm the pastor of this church. I don't always understand everything. Sometimes I gotta, I, something will jump out of me. I've got to do some research on that. And I do. And then I bring it to you in a sermon. So you should thank God for me. But this was one of those times when I didn't need any Bible dictionary or Bible encyclopedia. When, this, when I read this verse, it just spoke to my heart. And it said this, I will be your God throughout your lifetime. I'm 65 years old. I came to church when I was 18 years old. I've been in this church since I was 18 years old. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I used to have a full head of blonde hair. Now look at it. <laughs> Isn't she sweet? <laughs> Full head of blonde hair. And I tell people all the time, you know, when I, got, when, I, when I came into this, I had a full head of blonde hair, and then I got married. 
and it started to go gray on the sides. And then Jameson was born, and it went gray the whole sides. And then Shoshana was born, and the whole thing went gray. And then we adopted Elizabeth, and it just fell out. <laughs> that's, that's my story right there. I say that jokingly, but I do want to say this. When I read this verse, it just touched my heart because it said this, I will be your God throughout your lifetime. And I thought, Lord, I came into this when I was 18 years old. You have never failed me yet. Go ahead and clap. That's all right. It said, until your hair is white with age, I'll be there. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? I thought, Lord, there's no equal to you. In all my years of living, 65 years of living, I have not found anything that is equal to him. Anything that satisfies me like he does. Anything that gives me peace and comfort the way he does. I have not found anything at all like him. And I can be sure. This is the note I wrote in my Bible. I wrote it right down. I wrote this. I can be sure of this one thing. That no matter what happens to me, no matter what happens to me, I will survive it. I will survive it. Why will I survive it? Because I am going to make sure that the Lord is my God. And as long as He is my God, whatever winds blow, whatever storms come, whatever hardships happen, I will come out on the other side because Jesus said so. Praise God. He said, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you. I will carry you. I will care for you. And I will carry you along and save you. And this is why I serve him. This is why. Because he said, I made you. And I will bear you up. Nobody knows me like Jesus. The person that knows me second best is sitting right over there. But she doesn't even know me like Jesus does. And I don't know her like Jesus does. He knows everything about me. You know what boggles my mind, folks? Here's what really boggles my mind. Is that he knows every single thing about me, things she doesn't even know, even though she's been living with me for a long time. I didn't want to say the number. I'd probably get it wrong. 46, thank you. See, she, see, see that's what happens after all these years of marriage. She knew I, was, she didn't, she knew I didn't know how long we'd been married. She knew, what, she knew I didn't know what anniversary is coming up. So is this going to be 47? No. no, we just had 46. That's right. I just had an anniversary. Don't laugh, Tim. I don't know where we where were we on our anniversary. Oh, that's right. I was out of town, visiting fr visiting friends and preaching, and 
in Olean when it was my anniversary. I didn't even know it was my anniversary. It was just another day. We were out of town, busy doing things. See what happens? I've got to get back to this sermon. I'm almost done, folks. This is why I serve him, because he knows every single thing about me, and as I've said, things that she doesn't even know, he knows, and he still loves me. And I want to tell you something. He knows every single thing about you, and he still loves you. To the point, I've said this many times in my, in my sermons over the years, to the point that if at the end of time there was only one soul one that would ever have repented and ever had been baptized and ever would have been uh, filled with the Spirit of the living God. If only one person, and if you were that only person, if all the rest of history and all the rest of the future, everybody rejected Jesus except you, he still would have went to Calvary just for you. That's how much he loves you. Let me wrap this up. We know that what the body needs for its world is food, exercise, all of those things. That's what the body needs for, this, for its world. This body is of this world. In fact, I teach a Bible study, and if anybody's interested in a home Bible study, I teach them. And the, one of the first lessons I teach is to help people understand the difference between your soul and your, and, and your flesh. Because the body came from the ground. The Bible says God made out of the dust of the earth, he made a body. And so for that body to survive, it needs what also came from the ground. It needs fruits and vegetables. You say, yeah, well, what about meat? What about eating some beef? Well, where did the beef come from? It came from a cow that ate the grass. The body needs from whence it came to live. But where did your spirit come from? It didn't come from the dirt. The Bible said God breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. And so while we must take care of our bodies, we cannot neglect our spirits. And our spirits will never be fed with hamburgers and french fries or any, or even if you're a healthy eater, it'll never feed your spirit. But the presence of God will do that. And that's why what Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 22 will make perfect sense to you when the Bible said he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why did he breathe on them? Because his was the breath of God. Amen. And we need the breath of God. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and, and verse 6, he said, but she that lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. He's talking about a woman here, but it could be anybody living in pleasure. You're dead while you're living. What do you mean you're dead? Spiritually. Spiritually. My friend, this body is only going to last not too much longer for me. I don't know about the rest of you, but not too much longer. But the spirit's going to continue on. And I want to make sure my spirit has been nourished by him. Can you say amen? Is it any wonder that the apostle Peter preached in Acts chapter 2 that we need to repent? What's that mean? It means to turn away from that old lifestyle of, of, of living for what satisfies flesh and deciding I'm going to live to satisfy the Spirit of God. That's what repentance is. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to see if he's happy with this. 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so I close with this today. God asked this question in verse 5 out of our text this morning. He said, who will you compare me to? And I ask you today, who are you going to compare Jesus to? See, how about we compare him to money? To money. You take the richest man in the world. I mentioned this in the 830 service this morning. Take the richest man. I don't even know who it is. Bill Gates? I don't know anymore. Take one of these oil gurus over there in, in the Middle East somewhere. I don't know how much money they have. More money than you can imagine. Let me tell you something. They don't have all the money. You know how I know they don't have all the money? Because I have some. I don't have a lot, but he can't have it all when I have some. And you have some. And so nobody in this entire world has all the money. They may be richer than the rest of us, but they don't have it all. But let me tell you about my Jesus. He owns the world and all they that dwell in. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There's none greater than him because he owns everything. Praise God. He owns everything. But let me just throw this out. Come on up, show. Let me just throw this out. Even though there may be a man or a family that seems to own everything, there is one thing they will never, ever be able to give you. Ever. They will never be able to give you this. You know what it is? Eternal life. Eternal life. All the money in this lifetime cannot buy eternal life. But Jesus bought it on Calvary for you and me. When he shed his blood and died so that your sins could be washed away, so that you could have eternal life. Can this world give you peace of mind? No, it can't. Can't give you peace of mind. In fact, we're talking right now with all the stuff that's going on, food shortages now, problems happening, things like never we have things that we haven't seen in our lifetime. All this stuff that might happen in this world. Does it give you peace of mind? The only thing that gives me peace of mind is that I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds me in the palm of his hand. His name is Jesus. So you can write this in your notebook along with me. You can be sure that no matter what happens, you will survive if you make the Lord your God. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.